How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erio's Original. I think it's really about staying engaged in yeah. life and comedy, I think, and being around funny people. It does keep you young. I think it really does, you know? I Comedians mean, are youthful people. You only walk away from those conversations or, or that type of thinking feeling like good, right? Like, yeah. it, like it's a net gain to feel like you've at least tried to understand something more. Yeah. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Welcome to The Margaret Show. This is Margaret Cho. Today we're speaking to the legendary Kevin Nealon. Yeah, coming out of the dark. Oh. I have to change sides every time uh, we change a guest because then I have to look the other way. Because your neck gets stiff. My neck gets stiff and then I feel like I'm, I'm dying. Do you have to change sides when you hike? Um, no, because I don't hike that long. Well... I guess also you're moving the rest of your body so that you do, you know, yeah. if you're on one side of somebody. But I do change event. Occasionally I will change size. Like if I'm a lot taller than the person and mm-hmm. I'm walking on a hill and they're in a rut, yeah, I will change. Now, would you ever consider doing like a long hike with somebody? Like say the Pacific Trail. What is the, or the Appalachian Trail? Is it, well, the one that's like takes many days. Well, there's the Pacific Rim Trail mm-hmm. and then there's also the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail is on the East Coast, I believe, mm-hmm. and the Pacific Rim, of course, is on the. Yes, but um, I I thought about maybe doing a one night camp over. Oh yes, you know, but people have such a, a short attention span, you know. Right. I used to post these on Instagram, hiking with Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, or Twitter. Twitter, you get um, like a couple over over, over a minute, and and Instagram only a minute, so they're just little teases. Yes. And I do like four or five of them, and then I did Howard Stern once, and he goes, you know, I really like that, you know, I like, I like those likes you do, you should do longer, you know. Yeah. And so I thought, that's a good idea, so I started a YouTube channel, and started putting them on, but I did hike with Donny Osmond Ooh. from Sundance to Las Vegas. That's really far. <laughs> well, we made it appear that we hiked um, from, but we started in Sundance in snowshoes, mm-hmm. so we did the hike there around Sundance, and the snow was great. And then we kind of pretended we went to Vegas, mm-hmm. but we flew to Vegas. But I, I, I inserted like us walking over mountains, you oh. know, coming into Vegas, this desert, you know, and then seeing the Vegas sign. That's and then we're great. walking on the strip. Then, you know, we walk into his dressing room. He gets changed. He walks out onto the, sh- on the floor and does his show with Donnie, you know, with Marie. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a fun thing. But no, I haven't done a real long one. Have you, I mean, have you done a long one just on your own? Have you done like the hike that's like... The, I think the Appalachian Trail is like several days or maybe 30 days or something. You know like what, Margaret? When I was a kid, I always thought I'd like to do that, go for a long hike. And instead, I did bike trips. You know, I've done long bike oh, trips with yeah. the camping stuff, the mm-hmm. panniers and stuff, because I thought, man, I could I could lose some weight. I want to go on like a 10-day or two-week bicycle you know, trip. So I went um, up to um, Crater Lake in Oregon. Yep. And that was like a 10-day circle I did up in Oregon. And I gained like 10 pounds. What? Because you're pedaling all day and you're constantly eating food oh, as you're yeah, pedaling. Yeah. I mean, I was really strong when I got back, but I, it's not a good way to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. Unless I you always, get hit by a truck. And I you always want to do those bike vacations, though. They have those. In um, France, like. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. I know people that have done that. And it's not that hard because France, France is pretty flat. Yeah. And, you know, you're all hammered with the wine and stuff. So There's you a good one in Kyoto. 
That's like an eight-day... Uh, Kyoto, is that France? It's No, it's Japan. <laughs> but they have like, you could go, and it's Japan, and that area is pretty flat too. Yeah. I've never been to Japan. I've never been to the that far east. Really? I just keep pounding Europe. You know what just I mean? Just pound it. I do. Just I pound, pound your, it. Do you do shows there? No, but I'm dying to. You really should. I'm hearing, you know, Dave Rath, the manager, told me about yeah. his clients that do shows there a lot, you know, like Pete Holmes mm-hmm. and uh, a couple other people. I thought, that's what I want to do. I don't care if yeah. I make any money. I'll just go and do these small theaters or clubs. Yeah, they would love you. I do I do a lot of shows there. Do it's you great. Really? It's so fun. Are yeah. they theaters or are they clubs? It depends. Or? Sometimes it's a theater. Sometimes it's more of like a cabaret club. Nice small theaters. Sometimes oh. there's a little, little larger. Um, but yeah, it's great. How many do you do? Um, I'll do like... Uh, Is this like a two-week tour? Or yeah, about two weeks, maybe 10 shows or ten something. 10 shows in two weeks, that's good. Something like that. Big cities like Paris? Yes. Oh, well, Paris Amsterdam. is interesting because Paris is like, it's like this guy who is, um, his name is Carol and he has a space there that uh, he's famous because he was in a photograph with Bob Dylan in the 60s where he's sitting down on the, and he offers Bob a flower. That's oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> That's his claim to fame. That's him, and he 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 books his shows, and they're always very kind of last minute. But I do it. Greg Proops does it. Uh, Tom Rhodes. Um, okay. But it's it's really fun, and then but the rest of Europe, it's 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 just a blast. And then you just get to travel, which I love. And do they book everything for you, like a, a like yep. a car service? And um. Yeah. Trains. Or you, I take the train. I love you know, trains. I love trains. And training I love through it. Europe is like my best experience it's so ever. It's so beautiful and so fun. It is fun. And you know, when I was 20, well, right after college, I was 37. No, I was 22 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I did the URL pass thing and the youth Ooh, hostel stuff. Yeah, and I love that. I'm telling you, me too. I had more fun doing that than ever since mm-hmm. then. Do you bring your, your, your child everywhere? Like no. that, the, the comedy clubs or anything? No, but I did bring him to France. Oh, I was doing a, um, a little TV show there. It was like commercials, like the world's best commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I brought my son. He was six and a half months old oh, nice. at the time. And they fly so good at that age. Yeah. They don't sit up straight. You got to keep sitting them upright, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they're like carry-on luggage. And then uh, yeah, I took him to St. Louis on a club gig with me once when he was about eight months old. Oh, that's great. And I remember sending my nanny out to get prune, um, prune baby food for him because he was constipated. Oh, yeah. from traveling? Um, pro- from my act, probably. No, and that, but then, um, yeah, it seems like it would be fun. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it would be like to bring a child. I mean, I don't have any children, so I don't know. But it, I mean, it must be better. Do you than want children? Him. No. Did you ever want children? Yeah, I had at one point. Yeah. But now I'm kind of glad because I don't want to love anybody that much. You don't want to love anybody, and you don't want to give anybody else that much attention. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm already it, terrible with the dog. It's like I can't. You know. I, I, I just I just don't really yeah I, I don't feel like a maternal person and I, I feel that's, that's fair you know yeah. it's good that you know that because mm-hmm. some people you know aren't just they're not designed to have kids they're meant to have kids yeah. you know I've always wanted like a lot of kids like I thought when I was 24 I'd have like three kids the white mm-hmm. picket fence thing you know mm-hmm. and instead I had a retaining wall and a bunch of feral cats <laughs> that my wife brought in Aww. you know um, but anyway, it uh, it all worked out good. It worked out very well. I love your audience here, by the way. It's packed. It's a great. You your manager and your it's technician. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. And they're sitting across from us, about maybe six feet away. Yes, it's very good. I think I think in Sarah front of came, that roaring Buddha. Yeah, Sarah <laughs> came to the um, evening that we did together with uh, Lily Tomlin. Oh, she did the voice for animals. Yes, the voice for yeah. animals, and. That's um, funny. That that was a that was a long night. It was like a lot of a lot of categories. That was a long a lot of night. games with Pete Holmes and everything. I know it. It's just it was so fun to kind of hang out with Lily Tomlin. I love her. She's a legend. She really is great. And I did a hike with her too. Wow. Yeah, about a month ago. I mean, mm-hmm. she's eighty. It's incredible. She looks yeah. incredible. She does not seem. I mean, she looks like she's in her forties. I know. She really. I think it's really about staying engaged. And yeah. life and comedy, I think, and being around funny people it does and keep you young. I think it really does. You know, I comedians mean, comedians are youthful people. They really are. I mean, I like going to the clubs. I'm older now, but I like going to the clubs still and, and just kind of like watching people that are twice, you know, less than my age. Mm-hmm. You know, they're half my age. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> twice less. <laughs> twice less, half my age. Yes. <laughs> Times five. Um, but um, 
it's just fun to kind of watch what people are doing now. People that won't even, weren't even alive when I started doing comedy. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's such a weird thing. And I'm wondering if I'm like, do I like, am I like a Shecky Green coming to a show? No, I don't think so. Um, oh, you know who I used to see at the comedy clubs? Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. In a bathrobe. Yes, he would come in a bathrobe. <laughs> I used to see him the Catch a Rising Star in New York. Yeah, in a bathrobe. On the sidewalk in a bathrobe. I think I, I'm like Rodney Dangerfield with a bathrobe. <laughs> you like to be comfortable. Yes. I get it. Sometimes yeah. I'm in my pajamas at mm-hmm. home and I think, I should go down and do a set, but I'm in my, and I think of Rodney Dangerfield. I yeah, think, you, you just did it. You get to the point where you're just being yourself. You just go. You yeah, know? I wonder what our generation is compared to, because when I was starting, I would see Milton Berle out, yeah. which was crazy, at the, like the <clears> Fires <throat> Club and stuff. So I don't think it's that. I don't think we're old like that. I feel like we're maybe middle, middling, middling. Um, um, half. Fair to middling. Right. What? Uh, twice, twice the. Twice. Twice the age. Twice past. Of less. Um, <laughs> or who are the comedians that you enjoy? That maybe the youngins. Uh, I'll tell you in a second, but the ones that I like, the middler ones for me at the time, were people like Albert Brooks and Annie Kaufman. Oh, yeah, of course. Steve Martin, you know, all those yeah, people. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so maybe that's what I'm like now going into the clubs. And oh, that's not so good. much the Shecky Greens. That's good. Yeah. That's actually a good place to be. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, uh, the, the young ones I like, um, Brent Weinbach. I don't know him. He's very creative. Brent Weinbach. Very different. Um, Where's very he, where does different. he work out? I kind of see him everywhere. I think mostly the improv, maybe. Maybe I do know him. You know, yeah. I just, people ask me all the time, do you know so-and-so? I might know them. Maybe, yeah. I just don't know their name offhand. But I love I love to uh, watch uh, the comedians and the, um, the young ones are very, the, to me, it's very fun. It's so much fun. And, and, um, and I love, you know, the choices they make and the different styles. Like, And I like being surprised by seeing some comic I've never seen before. And then they start off and I go, Wow, I like this. This is an interesting twist. Yeah, and you see so much of their their background from their their history from growing up and what's influenced them in their act. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love that. And when I see somebody that I really like, I mean, I've seen some good comics. I I, don't, I didn't catch their names, but I know I'll see them again because they're good. But it just makes me happy, you yeah. know, to see that people have found a style. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing when you start off, you don't have a style. Yeah, you're just kind of influenced. When I'm starting off. You know, people in the clubs were doing, you know, Richard Pryor or Steve Martin or Woody Allen. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. And then you, you have to find your voice eventually. And that comes through just getting up and up and working out all the time. So, you know, it's kind of fun to see these people. You don't know where they started. They could have started in Cleveland or mm-hmm. San Francisco and they worked mm-hmm. on their act and now they're in L.A. Who did you start with? Who's your class? Oh, well, <clears throat> I remember being at open mics with Dice. Oh wow, you that's know? great! Yes. I love him. He's great. I remember uh, like Robert uh, Schimmel. Oh yes! Oh yeah. Robert. Robert Schimmel. Oh Robert. I know. <laughs> so sad. Bless his soul. Yeah. And then um, let's see who else. I was a little after Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I was a little after Gary Shandling, um, Ray Romano. Oh, I love Ray. You yeah. Know, yeah, he's great. He's really Brad. Great. Brad uh, Garrett. <laughs> yeah. He's so great. He's, He's great. so funny. He's uh yeah, I was on um Till Death with him. That show yeah, that he did. With... I was too, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so good. I it really was good. I really I think he's so funny. He is so, I did a hike with him the other day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Finally I could see eye to eye with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he is so funny. He is it's so a, Jews don't eat on hike. We don't hike us Jews, you know. We don't. <laughs> We're gonna die soon. Tall people die soon, don't they? Yeah. Is that true? Tall people That's don't what die said. soon. No. Although I started thinking about it after that. I don't Do you get migraine headaches? No. Okay, because I saw an ear piercing and and oh the death, yeah the doth. Is it's that what doth. it's called? It's called the doth. Yeah, they, people get them for migraines. Whitney Cummings has one in there. Yes. Yeah, she showed it, and then her other ear was half was bitten off by a dog. Oh no. Yeah, but they sewed it back on. Oh. Why was she rescuing your dog? Yeah, I guess so. She does a lot of the the dog. She does. She loves dogs. She does. She does. I used to do a lot of that too. Really? Uh, yeah, like, my ex-wife uh, was an animal activist. Oh, that's great. So I kind of got brought into that. And um, you know, when I first kind of got into it, I, when I first you know started learning about it all, I thought, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so like, you know, intense about everything. And then cut to like a year or two later, I'm doing the Fur Free Friday marches down Fifth Avenue oh, in New York. You nice. know, I'm giving speeches and I'm at protests. Yeah. And, and, and I still do work with PETA now. You yeah, know? that's good. Yeah. That's good. Do you remember that big party that PETA had... Um, when uh, at Paul McCartney, maybe at it was at yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alec Baldwin, yeah. me and Gary uh, Shandling, yeah, yeah, were there. And the B fifty twos, Bill Maher, and Bill B fifty twos. Yeah, yeah you there. were there. Yeah, that's um, right. Paul McCartney kissed me. 
No, he didn't. Yes. And it was really fast, but, and then I was like, oh, because like Linda, it was in between Linda and um, Heather. Yeah. So Linda just died. He oh, had not wow. met Heather yet. You were, you were his Yoko. Uh, for just for like one second, <laughs> but I was really excited. Um, but yeah, that was so interesting because it sort of felt like a beginning that like there was going to be more of a kind of a, 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 a people thinking about veganism and people thinking about animals more. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was an interesting event. It was very interesting. It's, isn't it so flattering when a beetle kind of gives you attention? Yeah, it's really exciting. I kind of knew him from SNL. He'd be on there a few times. Mm-hmm. He was friends with Laura Michaels. Yeah, yeah. So I got to know him, and he knew I did animal activism work, oh, and he loved right. that. I remember I did a Dick Cavett show once. Dick had come back to wow. do shows, and I did it, and a lot of it was about um, you know animal uh, rights. And I came back to 30 Rock that next day, and Paul was on that week. And he saw me in the hallway. He goes, you really good interview last night with Cabot. <laughs> that was quite good. You know, wow. good for you. Yeah, it was good. And uh, and then I was at the 40th reunion of SNL. And I was sitting in the front row. And and they were lining everybody up to go on stage. And it was a bunch of people. And then Paul McCartney was there, off to my right a little bit, like maybe 12 feet from me. Mm-hmm. And then behind him, Paul Simon. Mm. And I'm sitting there with my wife. And... Um, all of a sudden, someone taps me on the shoulder. I look up as Paul McCartney. He goes, how are you doing? It's oh, good to see you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then Paul Simon came over. I thought, oh, my God. Amazing. You know? Yeah. You kind of wish you could kind of have some foresight to see the people that show up to your funeral. <laughs> really? He liked me. I didn't know she even cared about me. It's nice. I guess so. Yeah. yeah I guess. I like that, though. You know? But I just um, wouldn't want to be dead, though, because then you want to see them. No, it would be a fake funeral. Just fake. Just you want to see just, who your friends just are. Just fake your death. And fake just your see death. Who shows up. To see who your friends are. I I think the last comedian funeral I went to was um, maybe Gary's Gary Chandling. Oh, you went to his funeral. Yeah. The memorial. Oh, the memorial. Yes. Yeah. I, was it the uh, the Wilshire Bell? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was there too. It was. Um, it was hard. It was a tough one. But yeah, I mean, he comes into my head every day. Yeah. Gary. In right. fact, I have a little. Um, did I tell you this? I have a little like a necklace urn with mm. his ashes in it. Oh wow. And I don't know what part of his body it is, but. Well, maybe a little bit of all of it. <laughs> I like to think so. They probably mixed it all up. <laughs> maybe. It was just a very small. I mean, it could yeah. have been his entire penis in there. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But he was great. That was a sad one, too. A lot of people came to that. They did, yeah. It was kind of a shock that he died. I, I, I it really was totally was, shocked. I was, really... I was I had lunch with him four days or so before he died. That's incredible. Like, it, it's just so oh, weird. I know. I know. I mean, that's life for you, you know? Especially as you get older, you see these friends start dying and dropping yeah. dead and and family members. And, um, and it's pretty crazy because you're thinking, well... You know, I, I'm in that mode now where I think I could drop dead any day. Mm. Not that I feel sick or anything. No, but. no, but yeah, I know, like, I, I, yeah, I always think about that, but then I'm like, well, no, it's probably more likely to die or when I was younger. Yeah, I am I am told that if you go to the doctors and get checkups, mm-hmm. you know, and get your blood work done and, you know, take care of yourself pretty well in moderation with everything, you can have a long life. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think a lot of times people that die aren't getting physicals or they have a disease, you know? yeah. Or if, you know, they're a little reckless with other things like drugs or alcohol. Right. Or driving or uh, butter. (laughs) Butter. (laughs) You know, those kinds of things. I'm always very aware. You know what I'm aware of? Positional asphyxiation, which is what happens when you're like, if you're in a position, you can't get a deep breath and then you stay there. It happens in like a bondage situation if you're like tied up and then somebody, if you somebody ties you up and then leaves. Oh, geez. Thank you, can, you for telling me that. <laughs> don't tie anybody up and leave. If you tie somebody up, you have to stay there. Is that like, um, what's his name? Um, Carradine? David I think Carradine? that's a form of it. That's yeah. a form of it. Yeah. Oh, that's all erotic that's asphyxiation. All, that's, that's a, that, yeah. But it, in general, it's like you don't even need to be in a sort of a catastrophic situation of having like a ligature or whatever. It's more just like you're in a position that you can't move out of. That really um, interests you, doesn't it? That mm-hmm. whole area there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. You have no shame at all about that. You're just totally, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Oh, it's, no, it's like great. if you, if that's like cutting the grass for you. Oh, yeah, I like to cut the grass. Yeah. 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 Uh, but now I learned to uh, actually start tying people up because I took a rope class. 
And so I have. Oh, um, I love ropes. I love knots. I I'm love learning knots. how to tie knots. It's great. Clove hitches. I'm learning. I could be a Boy Scout right now. It's hard because it's hard to like visualize it. And then because when I look at it, like if it's played, laid, laid out on a piece of paper, how to do the knot, I'm still confused because there's just something in my mind that turns it around. It's a puzzle. They're all it puzzles. Is. But it's really beautiful. It is. And you know, if, if I were talking to you right now and I was still on SNL, I'd go write a sketch mm-hmm. and put it on the table read on Wednesday and it would be a guy teaching how to tie knots in yeah. a classroom. Yeah. And you're thinking it's for marine, marine yes, stuff, you know, boats yes. and stuff. But yes. then you realize it's a bondage thing. Right. And they're I teaching like how to, you know. But they're the same knots, basically. Or maybe the guy, the teacher, yeah, maybe the teacher is actually um, a marine, guy, you know, a marine, mm-hmm. not marine on the, on the army marine, but, you know, the boats and stuff. Mm-hmm. That kind of guy who's teaching other boaters how to tie knots. Mm-hmm. And he gets a person to come up to demonstrate and he mm-hmm. ties the knot, like, and he starts getting into bondage with the person. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's a funny idea. I like that. But it's funny, I come up with a lot of sketch ideas now and I don't really have anywhere to put them. Oh no, that's not good. You but now I'm thinking I can put them on my YouTube channel. That's a good idea because I think that you should put those ideas somewhere because that's very funny. I think so. I just love, you know, I love little short films. Not that I do a lot of them, but I love the hiking stuff because I film it and then I go home and I edit it. Yeah. And I love editing. I just, it became like a real hobby of mine in the last couple of years. I just, I always thought that would must be a fun thing to do, editing. And some of the great directors were editors at one time. Right. Because you know what shots you need. Yeah. And you should always be an editor to some degree because, you know, it keeps the story alive of what yeah. you're doing. I mean, editing is very important. Oh, it totally is. It's very it totally intuitive, is. too. Yeah, it is. And and like I've told you, I think before, is I like to do my own editing because I think it's part of the comedy. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's you're speaking through the, the pictures right there. Yeah. Let's go back, if we can, just for a second to the bondage. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you meet somebody mm-hmm. that you like, you start dating. Yeah. Does the bondage come up in the conversation or do you immediately take the ropes out the first time? Um, oh, no. It, it usually comes up early. It does. Yeah. And you bring it up or they Yeah, bring usually. It up? Usually. What's your how would you the, say it? It comes to me before before the date. I <laughs> oh, think that I have to be uh, You have to know that they're into I that. I have to yeah, they have to be into it. What if you're can, crazy about a guy but he's not into bondage? Well then we're not going out. Really? Yeah. What is it about the bondage? Is it a control thing? Um no, it's um it's just uh, a game. It's just like being into it's, it's like role a, playing. Yeah, but it's not even role playing. It's more just like I like the aesthetic of it. I like the way it looks, and I like the um, I I think I like the geometry of it. But also, it's just fun to play yeah. with partners in different capacities, and it's a really fun way to get to know people. But you know what's bad is sometimes the rope smells after. That's what I'm dealing with after. right now. Yeah, and then I'm like, should I put it in the washing machine? I don't know. <laughs> and then the rope I have is really nice. So I'm like, can I just should I put the, take it to the dry cleaner? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're supposed to dry clean ropes? But yeah, these are these are important concerns to, to, to think about. What and, kind of rope is your favorite? Is it like um, nylon rope, cotton? Um, I like a hemp. Clothesline? I like hemp. hemp. Oh, hemp. I like a nice So when you're done, like you a, can smoke it? Well, well maybe, but... Um, it's just a nice texture, yeah, and it's uh, it's high quality. I'm so curious about um, a lot of things about you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're with a guy, I mm-hmm. know you you like drag. Yes. Would you like to have the guy dress up like? A, uh... I have, and it's not that it's not a it's playful, but it's not as appealing for me. Okay. But maybe with the right person. Yeah. Um, possibly, but uh, I have been with somebody who was very interested in that. This gentleman, but I, it wasn't. He he would put on my um, like lingerie and stuff, and yeah. then I was just he, I was like, "You're stretching it out," <laughs> and I was a little bit mad about it. Yeah. So it wasn't. Yeah. You're worried uh, the whole time about your lingerie. Yeah, I was like, "Is that getting into it?" Agent provocateur. It's really expensive, <laughs> so I was a little. You're stretching it out. I'm stretching it out, and so that that was stressing me out that he was stretching it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like. You know what I like more is female masculinity. So I like when women are more masculine. Strong women. Yeah, that that to me is more attractive than male femininity. Although there's much to be said about both. Yeah, I mean that's where your bisexuality comes in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's also like I love that people can be uh, more um, fluid with their, their gender and more um, kind of open wide about how they express it. Yeah. So that's that's good. And that's more interesting to you than just a heterosexual person, even though they're they're not bi, but they're hetero. No, I do like a heterosexual. You'd be okay person. with that. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the person. I mean, I think that it's just you know, like I'm appreciative of all different kinds of uh, 
interactions that I've had. And, you know, but now my goal is I, I think that I would like to be single for my lifetime because I've spent almost all of my adult life partnered. So now I'm, I'm going into this period of I think I'm going to be single now. Okay. But I mean, and have sex with people, but only... Um, only everybody that walks by. Yeah, just but <laughs> only for uh, like my maximum would be three times. Three times. We'll do three times. Three times. Sex, sex. Let me maybe like three times um, with one person. Oh, and then, and then move, move on. on to the next. Move person, on. I think. So that could be one night. Yes, but it could also <laughs> be several months. It could be. You know, it just sort of depends. But I think that that's my uh, plan. But I don't know. But you know what they say. What. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. They say a I lot of stuff. They say I don't know, a lot the of best things. laid plans. Something yeah, that's literally the, it the is best the best laid, laid plans. plans. Yeah. Uh, like you know what a character I really love is um, uh, Ruth Gordon's character in Harold and Maude. Yeah. So I I would like to sort of like maybe slide into that kind of an identity. Do you find yourself more attracted to funny guys? Yeah. Yeah. That's really isn't that amazing how attractive funniness is. It's so fun and it's it's better. It's it's weirdly rare when people are funny. I think. I mean, not in comedy, of course, but in the world. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm heterosexual, but yes. when I see a, a a woman on stage being really funny, I'm really like, I'm impressed, mm -hmm. and I have so much respect for them, and I'm also analyzing how they think mm. and how they built that joke, yeah, and how they created their whole act, and I, you know, I just love the whole craft, the whole art of stand up. It's amazing. It really is. It is amazing. A friend of mine is starting out in stand-up comedy, and he sent me his act without an audience. He was doing it. He recorded it. Yeah. Like five minutes, and then he wrote it out. And it's so hard to tell if a joke is funny or not, especially like in the alternative comedy world, <laughs> when you're just writing it down. Yeah, you've yeah. You've got to deliver it from an audience and be in the moment with it. Yeah. It's hard. It but it's, there's something about it that works. I mean, it's something about it that that you you know we figure it out oh yeah and that comes from getting on stage a lot yeah that's the best advice i give the people when they ask me about comedy you got to get up and that's what somebody told me once you got to get up as much as you can just keep getting up just do it getting up and doing it all the time how much do you do it a week not that much not that much these days because i'm doing the sitcom right and um that takes up a lot of time and then i want to be home you know with my wife and son so i go out maybe once or twice a week that's still a lot yeah, usually once a week. But then I'll do like three or four shows. Yeah. Different clubs. And it keeps you young. It does. It's all, you're very youthful. I feel youthful. Where can people year. see? Where, where can people see? Well, they can see me right here now. Well, right come now. To your yeah. house. Where can people see <laughs> your hiking series that we did? That will be on my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash Kevin Neal and Comedy. Or just put in a hashtag hiking with Kevin, you know, Margaret Show. And um, that's where they could see that. And my sitcom man with a plan it's called with matt leblanc it's on cbs it's going to start i think in february the fourth season wow uh, so that's cool and then when, where you're on the instagrams and the twitters and i'm on the instagrams and the twitters yeah that's at kevin nealon for the instagrams and at kevin underscore nealon for the twitter nice and um no myspace no MySpace. no i know no. that's never got we, that we gave up that i never did, did you that. have a friendster nope well thank you kevin Thank you. Thank you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. And now we talk to AG and Jordan from Muller She Wrote. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, so thank is he you. going to get impeached or is he not going to get impeached? What do you think? Hundred uh, percent yes. impeached. Yeah. Whether he's removed is yet to be seen. That's the thing, is that like I always wonder, is he actually going to follow the law? Like he's gonna fight with everything he has. Mm-hmm. You know, to stay. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything he has right now, though, is just delay tactics, it seems, that are going to get pushed through the, the appellate courts and everything, and they just right. amount to nothing. So, yeah. So I think it's just going to be, uh, for me, it feels like it's a long time, but AG always reminds us that it's actually a pretty fast-moving timeline as far as the government and courts are concerned. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a, it's so frustrating, though, because it's like, why can't we just do this right now? Like, it seems like it's taking so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just the way the system is designed, Mm -hmm. Uh, just with all sorts of protections and, you know, so that you can't do something rash that you would then later regret. And plus, everything that has to go through the courts, you have to do the due diligence, you have to Mm -hmm. subpoena, you have to ask voluntarily, then you have to subpoena, then you have to subpoena again, and then you have to file. It's just, it just takes for, it seems like it takes forever. And meanwhile, what sucks is that we have concentration camps. We have kids being yeah. taken away and adopted out, which is kidnapping. We yeah. have the uh, abandoning the Kurds. We had just like yeah. blood on, on our hands as a so nation. So much, mm-hmm. yeah. How did this all happen? Like how did this, like you would think with like Obama that people were, they were so excited for change and they were so excited to have Obama as president. Mm-hmm. And he did so much good work and there was a sense of like a feeling that we had gotten somewhere after um, the Bush administration, after all of the stuff, after the Iraq wars, and there was so so much of a sort of a feeling of, I don't know, uh, like we'd gotten over the yeah, hump. yeah, progress. we'd gotten over progress, and mm-hmm. we'd gotten over something, and now we've gone back farther than I I don't even I don't even know farther than even before we were before Nixon, mm-hmm. even like it's like where are we? I, it's so crazy. Yeah. Well, we have to remember Trump was not the people's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Hillary had three million more votes. Yeah. Russia had a big help that uh, was a big help to right. him mm-hmm. um he's you know and and also all the money that came in funneled in through the inaugural that came from foreign actors bad foreign actors mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's really like a helpless feeling to be like my vote isn't what matters right. anymore you know right. and and now we've got mcconnell just turning down all these election security bills mm-hmm. presumably because they help republicans right or you know Without them, right. Republicans yeah. are benefit. Right, because they can't win fair and square. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think something we talk about a lot, too, is that this is a last stand, maybe, for the alt-right. And that's right. why we're seeing such a crazy resurgence right now. Yeah. It's a death rattle. Before the end. I mean, but it is scary. It's like with all of the the crazy like alt-right terrorists who are spurred on by Trump, who are inspired mm-hmm. by him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those like, you know, places like, I guess whatever it's a chan or yeah know, wherever they're going message boards and, yeah mm-hmm. i mean it, it sort of used to be reddit i think reddit is really kind of con- containing it now mm-hmm. uh, to some degree at least from what i can see but uh, yeah i don't know what they're they're just getting spurred on by his words and his um actions it's mm-hmm. it's really scary yeah it that's is. the underlying problem once we get rid of trump well, you know whether he's actually removed from impeachment or voted out we have this underlying problem of everyone who felt empowered by him to be right. a racist, misogynistic, rapist, a-hole. And now mm-hmm. they're still there. Right. And yes. now they're actually saying we're going to come. Uh, the bikers and mountain men and lumberjacks <laughs> are going to come. Yeah. And veterans. It's excuse so, me. I'm a veteran. I'm yeah. not going to. We're going to come after the Dems with our, our guns if we, you know, mm-hmm. lose. All the umpires. Is that the umpire that said that he was going to get an <laughs> AR-17 or something? Oh, was it? Oh, I there didn't was hear somebody who said that if my president is impeached, I'm going to get a. Some kind of a weapon, some kind oh, of. A, and he, I think he was like an umpire, which that, I think is weird. That is very strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I would trust his calls. I know. I mean, it's <laughs> like, was that a strike? Really? I know. You're going to get an AR 15? <laughs> very weird. Make it a strike. Yeah, yeah, we do have to deal with all of the people who were like empowered, all of the. Well, there was a male stripper in there too, wasn't there? Amazing. The ma- the guy it- that was sending the bombs through the oh, mail to people, yes. I believe that he was an uh, um, exotic 
dancer. I think you're he right. He was? I think yeah. you're right. I mean, I don't think he was like with a franchise like Chippendales or Thunder Down Under. Like, I think that he was sort of independent um, contractor. Freelance. Exactly. Nothing like that dancer. one ex-Marine <laughs> stripper that Jacob Wool and Jack Berkman said had an affair with Elizabeth Warren. Mm. That guy. Uh, Have you heard of Jacob Wool? No, no. He, he I mean... How to even start with this kid? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a troll of epic proportions that goes around making up conspiracy theories about Mueller, uh-huh. you know, or or just any any Democrat basically. And I think he uh he like lives. Does he live in his mom's basement? Yeah, in Pasadena. Currently? Yeah, he, he's so. being indicted somewhere for for like fraudulent Security behavior. Fraud. Yeah, mm-hmm. he so badly wants to be relevant, and he just does it by making up these crazy conspiracy theories yeah. that unfortunately get a lot more traction than they should. But yeah. So this last yeah. one was they were having this press conference with this 24 year old ex marine bodybuilder mm-hmm. stripper exotic dancer who it was going to say he had this some crazy sex uh, capades <laughs> with. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And so he comes out there and he starts talking about all these crazy sex things he's done with Warren and how he works for this uh, escort service. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's kind of laughing at him because mm-hmm. people only go to these press conferences to laugh at them and heckle. Yeah. And I think Jack Berkman was like, you're laughing at a Afghanistan, you know, veteran yeah, yeah. who toured. And then they got a hold of his military records and found out that he never went to Afghanistan oh. and he wasn't a Marine when he said he was a Marine. Yeah. And not only that, but the... But the <laughs> The um, escort service was like, yeah, we also have, you know, we're not the Marines or anything, but he never worked for us either. <laughs> That's great. It was so perfect. That's really perfect. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that Elizabeth Warren would be uh, up for hiring an escort. I mean, I don't I actually don't. Ha- I don't find that uh, there's anything wrong with that right, either. Same. Yeah. I mean, I, but I agree. I don't see it. really. I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't I mean, I don't stick. think that that's not the kind of thing that I would say to I mean it's just not a believable story mm-hmm. I mean whatever is believable but mm-hmm. um I don't know that's yeah, funny it is know. funny I can't wait till we stop weaponizing sex work like that though against people yeah it happens so often it's happening like I mean not with Katie Hill exactly right now but sex shaming and it yeah. just this this uh yeah hopefully that will also die with the alt-right not mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. but not saying all right should die. So yeah. <laughs> just to make that clear, God. So we get so the movement should die. The movement yeah. should die. Well, the die. movement should die because yes. it also looks so stupid. Like it just looks dumb. <laughs> like yeah. it, you know, all the guys yelling at the Charlottesville with mm-hmm. the tiki torches. Yeah, it just looks dumb. Yes, it does. I mean, of course, there's a million reasons why it's wrong, but it doesn't look good. No. It also just is it. It's just stupid. Yeah, they don't have stylists. They don't have publicists. Right. No. They don't Polos have art directors or and you know, it's just bad. It's a bad. No, look. there's nothing about it that makes it seem like an appealing cause mm-hmm. you know no. it's just there's a lot of things that are just stylistically wrong aesthetically wrong i mean also morally wrong right yeah i mean that's a given yes yeah, yeah. but those other things are extra offensive yeah yeah they just don't look cool yeah <laughs> no they do not <laughs> like who joins them yeah it's so unappealing and i, I like think. tiki torches i do and now, and now especially right. like a citronella one if you yes. you know if you're yeah. in a place with a lot of mosquitoes keep it's the a, mosquitoes it's away. a handy thing yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not um it, it just doesn't make any sense um but yeah the, that feeling of like these uh kind of guys who feel uh, left behind by fem- feminism, by um, the end of racism, uh, uh, by multiculturalism, by diversity. That like that's so stupid to mm-hmm. feel like left behind by that. Or- yeah, I, I have some insight into this thinking. One side of my family is very conservative. They're mm-hmm. they're entirely Trump supporting, Fox News watching people, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying the things that they say. And it's very sad because I love them very much, yeah. but but they say stuff. They are truly afraid that the the white race will be diluted and mm-hmm. eradicated mm-hmm. within the next like two decades, mm. and so it's so fear based. Yeah, and it's so it's just so wrong. Also, My, I I'm just like, know. but you'll still be white, and if you really just want to hang out with white people, you can do that. Yeah, like why do you why do you care so right well, about yeah. like, whiteness on principle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like Back to the it. Future right. where you'll start getting darker as the country, you know? Yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't, I mean, I just don't understand the fear, I guess. Right. Yeah, the I fear don't is strange to me, too. It's like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Like, why are you afraid? And then why are you afraid of something that's sort of theoretical that was not going to happen in your lifetime? Right. You know? And especially when, you know, they're older, their lives are already established. Mm-hmm. They, they've had a lot of the opportunities that they could conceivably stand to lose even. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a lot. There's no logic to it whatsoever, which makes it so hard to 
to talk through and, and try to combat in any way. I guess I would just ask, like, to try to pin down the fear. Like, what is the fear? Like, what what mm-hmm. are you afraid? Like, I just don't understand. Because, and honestly, I, I do a lot of things where I try to put myself in other people's shoes to sort of understand how they could think that or why they could think that. And sometimes you can come up with answers, even though they're completely mad yeah. and bonkers and bananas. But this one, I can't even imagine you know yeah i guess what i do i I, sometimes i can go well i guess i could understand like their misogyny like if you're looking at hillary clinton and you know there's all of that anger just towards women in general then i could say well i guess i can see that like i know that that exists and that's a real thing yeah maybe it comes from their mom problems Mm -hmm. you know or uh, not being able to communicate in relationships and and, uh, you know so you know i can kind of yeah it doesn't it's still crackers but like yeah i get it there's you a reason know, there's a kind of like like incels like their anger towards not having a girlfriend and mm-hmm. being ignored by women and that that kind of rage that festers in that like i i see it and i i'm compassionate towards it because i got i guess i can understand that mm-hmm. you know to feel like really like invisible and unwanted. alone yeah, yeah and unwanted mm-hmm. and that creating such a rage in you mm-hmm. like and feeling I get it. the need to blame somebody for it yeah and that there's a sense of like you know with incels there's a kind of thing of a community there at least they're all with each other together and they can actually have their own kind of language and their own like targets and the things that they hate together Mm -hmm. so they have some comfort in that i think yeah it's um have you seen the movie oh my gosh can't believe i'm forgetting the name with seth rogan and he's a speechwriter what is the name oh Yes, uh-huh. long shot. The, uh-huh. the, have you seen that movie? No, no, no. So in the opening scene, he goes undercover into into like a, a Nazi group, mm-hmm. and the way they portray it is comedic, obviously. But it's yeah. it's really portraying the camaraderie of those groups because yeah. at the end of the day, I think that's what they are missing is this sort of camaraderie feeling, the tribalism. Right. It is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is just the worst possible avenue you could ever find. Well, it's disgusting, but it's like it, what they're seeking is a kind of humanity that. I can understand. It's like, okay, I get that. Yeah. And so I'm wondering like if the hate like the hatred the incels have, for example, from your uh, from what you were just talking about, that's a real thing that they feel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this other hatred like or the fear of the dilute diluting the the race or whatever, that just seems like a manufactured fear yeah. to me. It seems yeah. like it's coming from outside, not an actual fear from within. Yeah, it's not an inherent thing that is like what does that even mean? Right. To you even know? generalize a race around any sort of principles, that yeah. just has to come from something else. Yeah. Right? It's like Im- impossible to just come to that conclusion on your own with all of our limited experiences, mm-hmm. With you know? So, yeah. Or to blame, like, immigrants for where you are in your life, like, to blame it on these other people because they've come and taken your job because they, you know they are you know they're immigrants and that's sort of like the justification of these concentration camps which is not i mean to me that doesn't make sense either because if you really look at it we're not going for the same jobs they're not going for the same jobs Mm -hmm. it's not the same thing um you know it's a weird thing of trying to blame the other Mm -hmm. so yeah it's something that i tried i try to get my head around like the way that people think the way trump supporters think Mm -hmm. it's hard though because it's like the he's fucking them over so much worse than they even realize. Yes. Like he hasn't helped poor whites at all. Right. It's actually gotten way worse. So I don't understand why they don't see that either. Yeah. Or what it takes to get them to understand that too. Yeah. It's like, like what, what is the turning point for them? I don't know. No. Well, we spoke to David Weissman who used to, who used to be a Trump supporter. Now he's actually mm-hmm. not like, you know how the mooch is mm-hmm. anti-Trump now, but he's still yeah. a Republican. Yeah. Well, this guy, David Weissman, is now full-on Democrat supporting Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. And he said the thing that made the difference to him was that um, he was complaining about something terrible and misogynistic and racist and ranting like pro-Trump MAGA shit. And apparently Sarah Silverman actually reached out to him and mm-hmm. and spoke to him and was kind to him. And, and they started having this back and forth uh, on social media. And he was like... She was nice to me. Mm-hmm. She didn't leave me behind. Yeah. And, and so I thought that that was really interesting. And, and that might be all it takes, you know? Yeah. Is that to reach over and try to have that connection? I mean, I try, like, you know, it's hard though, because when you, you know, like, I think with all of our smartphones and our computers, like, if you pick on something like online, it'll 
keep directing you to those types of things. Like, so it's hard to look outside your worldview because your vision of the world is really curated by what your computer thinks you like. Mm -hmm. And you're only going to keep seeing that. So it's, it's hard to step outside sometimes. Yeah. I really do appreciate your thinking to try to understand that because Mm -hmm. I think admittedly people on the liberal side are just so disgusted by everything. They don't even want to put the mental energy into doing that. Yeah. But it's so important to do that. And what Sarah Silverman did too on her show, I loved what she did to go into those communities and yeah, if, it's if, cool. It's very cool. And only you only walk away from those conversations or, or that type of thinking feeling like good, right? Like, yeah. it, like it's a net gain to feel like you've at least tried to understand something more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's just like certain things that I'd, I'd have a really hard time with, like abortion. Like I can't argue with somebody about whether or not women have the right to choose what they want to do with their bodies. Like that to me is like I can't I can't get with that. I like I don't even want to fight about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple things like the, that really bothers me. Um assault rifles really bother me. Uh mm-hmm. you know, and this need yeah. to hang on to this like gun rights like that to me is like don't you see what's happening? Like it's like really crazy, but and then people think like if we just keep arming ourselves more that's going to stop. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's logical at all. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple things that I have a really hard time trying to have empathy around. Mhm. Those would be it. Yeah, I think that's very fair. With the Trump thing, though, presumably half the country is on that train. So it's like so weird. very necessary to try to understand it, I think. It's so weird. I think yeah. it's more around like 20 to 30 percent. Yeah, that's I'm giving him a generous count there. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the opposite of what he does. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. On the topic of being benevolent. Right. Um, yeah, it is not as many as he would like us to believe it is. But it's still enough. And but yeah, especially even, if you gerrymander and cheat. Yeah, know, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Cheating. Mm-hmm. He's not even having fun though. Like you can tell, it's not even fun for him. That's mm-hmm. what I love the most. Yeah, is that he thinks this sucks, and I'm like, ha, ha. didn't want to be there. I know. <laughs> he looks like he's like so mad that this. He's like, I, I mean, all of the shit he has to do. Yeah, it seems like it's a drag for him. Oh yeah, not even fun. Right. Mm-mm. Signing bills that actually help things. He's like, I didn't want to think about this at all. Yeah. I just wanted to, I didn't want to be here at all. I just what wanted a, to make money. Uh, yeah. Increase my brand. And now it's like really hurt him. And uh-huh. he's more broke than he was before. And I just think that that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 I just it think is. that he's got to like, I don't know. It's got to, it's got to stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was going to stop with with Mueller, but so did yeah, so did we. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a whole thing about it. I do think he is going to get impeached, though. It's just so insane now. Yeah, and every day more stuff is coming out that mm-hmm. it, that it's it's so damning to Republicans. Yeah, it, it's I just I don't see how it can go all the way to the election. And if it does, I think he's going to get voted out during the election. I do believe yeah. that as well. Yeah, and so. they can't argue it on the merits. They don't. They just argue about the process. They attack mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it's what is it if the if the laws on your side pound the law, if the facts are on your side, pound the facts, if neither of those are on your side, pound the table. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. They're just flipping the table and storming the skiff and being weird. And it's just that's all they have. Is, yeah, is it, it's like when, you know, if I grab my husband's phone and I find naked pictures of my sister in there and then I get in trouble for snooping through his phone. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Granted, I probably shouldn't have, but yeah. can we address yeah. the, you know, the there's other thing? There's a bigger thing, I mean, that's going on. <laughs> but it's just like the, the, com- the complete lack of like self-awareness. Like even like Don Jr. going on and getting mad at Hunter Biden about nepotism. It's like your name is actually the same name as your father. <laughs> well, and to not even... <laughs> that's yeah. a Roy Cohn joint right that's what trump was taught yes Mm -hmm. from a very young age uh deny flip it attack them for what you do yeah Mm -hmm. and then continue to do that and then Mm -hmm. deny and then shoot him on fifth avenue Mm -hmm. so crazy crazy. it's so crazy but so Uh, now who's gonna be president then well who do you hope if he gets impeached yeah um would it be Mike Pence? We were right. We were just talking about this. It looks like Pence is wrapped up enough in this scandal. I think so too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think so too. Don't think it could be him. But, I don't think so. But then I also don't think Pelosi would maintain the office either because there has yeah. to be some level of support from the entirety yeah. of the Congress. It would be but, another Republican. They would. Yeah. They would find a way to make sure that it was another Republican until the election. I think mm-hmm. the Secretary of Treasury is who's next after the House Speaker. So that mm-hmm. would be Steve, Steve Mnuchin. Mnuchin. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Steve. So we could call him Steve because he Steve. hates that. <laughs> He's Steve. like, I'm Steven. And you can call me Secretary Mnuchin. I'm like, all right, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has this ever happened where it's gone all the way down there? No, no. We've only had like just like, what, like Lyndon Johnson. And then mm-hmm. wait, who was after Lincoln? Who was, who was president after Lincoln died? Oh, I forgot. Gosh. I don't remember. The 17th president? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I but it was like, we've never gone that far down. The no, yeah. like, who's next? It, you know, Agnew resigned. Uh, Nixon appointed Ford. Ford yeah. Nixon resigned. Ford became mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. Was that that's how it went, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. pardoned him. Yeah, yep. And so that's another thing we have to think about too: is whatever Republican takes the office, are they going to give full pardons for uh, yeah. Trump or Trump and Pence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then we still have state crimes and district mm-hmm. attorneys that mm-hmm. you can't pardon. Mm-hmm. So. There's that. Yeah. I will take a Republican that is just a good person at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah. They're out there. I mean, there's, you know, it, it, at this point, it's kind of like anybody but Trump. Exactly. It almost doesn't matter. Right. Which is sad to think. It is. Pence, though, is super... He's worse. Super into, yeah, all of, like, the talk about women's rights. He yeah, he's, are... he's worse in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Pence is way worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's also, because of the blue wave in 2018, mm-hmm. if he becomes president, I was worried about that if the if we didn't take the House, if Dems didn't take the yeah. House, because yeah. then Pence could pass all sorts of crazy, effed up legislation. Mm-hmm. But now he can't. The House can block him from doing that. They tie his hands. They stifle him. So I'm kind of... I'm more okay with pence as president than i am with trump as president yeah just be quiet and sit there until november yeah 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 you know well no 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 we are we are it's an it's an active situation that we're we're covering we're watching and um we're going to continue our conversation on your podcast now but where can people find yours and where can people find you online in general uh, so you can follow us at Muller She Wrote and also at The Daily Beans. That is our daily podcast that we are now doing as well on top of our weekly ones. So yeah. we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. And all the information's at MullerSheWrote.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erio's production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.